Hello and welcome back to the EDM Podcast. This is episode number 72. I'm your host Sam Matler and if you're new to the show, this is a podcast, a talk show where I interview and chat with producers, engineers and experts in the music industry. Today's guest is known as Vintage and Morelli and you would assume that that's a duo based on the name Vintage and Morelli but no, it's just one person. Uh, and he's a fantastic producer, phenomenal. If you haven't heard his music, I recommend pausing this episode right now and checking it out. Uh, one song I recommend is Contrasts, another is Sweet Surrender. Amazing music. And so I'm so excited to have him on the show. He's got some great insight, uh, great ideas, a lot of thoughts on why people should do music, why they shouldn't do music. And we talk about that. We also talk about how he got into music, what his workflow looks like and why he starts a lot of his songs, especially the more melodic songs with the breakdown. Now, one more thing, uh, we've just put out a free PDF, a free ebook on how to promote your music on a budget. So if you've got the quality of music, if your music sounds good, but you're just not getting it heard, this ebook is going to help you. It's going to help you get more plays. It's going to give you some strategies. So it's 10 tips, 10 strategies on how to promote your music on a budget. You can download this for free along with some bonus checklists at edmprod.com forward slash music promo. That is edmprod.com forward slash music promo. Again, that's free, no strings attached, and there's a bunch of action steps below each tip uh, to help you implement them. So make sure to check that out, especially if your music is good quality. If it's not, keep focusing on the craft, Um, but you can download the book anyway. It might help you out, might give you some ideas. That's it for now. Without further ado, please welcome Vintage and Morelli. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers. Those who've been producing for under 12 months, or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Welcome back to the EDM podcast. Today I'm joined by Marco, better known as Vintage and Murali. Marco, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good, man. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, of course. Now, your name, Vintage Morelli, when I first came across it, when I first came across your music, uh, I just assumed that you were a duo. And then like a couple of months later, looked you up and I was like, oh, it's just one guy. So yeah. tell me, how did you come up with the name? I, I don't really have any like cool story behind it, but I guess I started working with, when I started working in FL Studio, like I think it was FL Studio 2 or three, I can't even remember. There was a folder called Vintage. So I don't know like why why I really loved 
the way it sounds. So I guess I just used vintage and I think I used like a vocabulary or something. Just a random, it's literally a random name, which I wanted to change, but it kind of stuck. I grew up listening to uh, the, the dance, Euro dance music at that time, you know, like Voodoo and Serrano and Yelly Nelson, Gabriel and Dresden, you know, maybe that's that also influenced me wanting to be a part of the duo and just being, ended up being solo. <laughs> right, right, gotcha. So let's go all the way back. I want to talk about your background, uh, how you got into music and so on. You grew up in a musical family, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. You started pretty young. Tell me about that. Well, I guess I always kind of liked music, but my mom kind of forced me to go into the music school, which I hated, by the way. I don't know. I just, I was a kid. That's not what I wanted. You know, like it's, I guess she saw the talent and she really forced me. And then by the time I ended up finishing my music high school, I kind of like just went along with it. I went to the music academy, which I never finished sadly, but I went for three years. But how I got into electronic music is my mom's friend who also used to like bring me CDs of the old like Eurotrance scene, like from the late nineties. That's how I got into music. And he brought me my first software and stuff. So I guess I just like started playing around and it's just started getting serious. The, the high school you went to, you said like music high school, what, what was that like day to day? Well, it was just always fun. It wasn't like a typical high school, you know, we were like a special kind, you know, so it was always fun. We had, I mean, besides the musical uh, subject, we subjects, we had like, uh, we had physics, we had math, we had, you know, everything that's related to sound and to music. So I guess it was fun. It was, it was different than any other school, but it was fun. And my piano lessons, you know, my piano classes, and I guess it's, it's a little alternative than other schools, but it was, it was super fun. And then the music academy, you said you didn't finish that, but how has that helped you as a producer, if at all, going to the, the academy? Well, it helped me because I learned to, what's the word for that? I learned the core of the music, you know, like I learned all the, the theory of how things, I know what I'm going to do before I start doing it. You know what I mean? So I guess it helped me develop, like go deeper into the music than I would if I didn't go to the academy. I'm sure like I would still do music, but I, it's just made things a lot easier for me. Right, right, for sure. And one thing I like to ask artists who come on the show is because in the music industry, you know, a lot of people talk about how they got to the top or how they became successful. What they don't talk about is the mistakes they made. <laughs> of course. Which I think is important because uh, some people listening to this might have an unrealistic view of, of what it takes. So what were some of the mistakes you made um, as a producer getting into it all uh, or what would you have done differently? Hmm. I actually have no idea. I, I mean, I don't regret anything so far. 
I might have just be a little smarter about uh, contracts, about labels, you know, but you have to like, you have, you can't just start big, you know, you have to build from the ground. And it, and sadly in, in my kind of genre, I chose the hard path, you know, like it's the least popular genre in the world. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of time to, to get to a certain level. I guess. Absolutely. I'm, I'm still not there. I'm still not there, but I'm working on it. Obviously, a lot of people in the trance and progressive scene have left. Um, what makes you What makes you stay there? Just love for the music? Yeah, love for the music. That's why I'm making it. I love making music. The, the problem with the today's industry is, is greed. <laughs> Tell me about that, because I agree with you. I guess. I guess... People see all the fame and all the glory and all the money, you know, all the like big clubs. They just want to get be recognized, I guess, but for the wrong reasons. It's not about music anymore, and that's how sort like some of the big labels also work. It's not about the music. It's just like what's popular at the present moment, and that's what everybody makes. So every everything sounds the same. Yeah, I mean, but I, I love like labels like Silk Music and Juno Beat still, you know, they, they keep releasing like the really good stuff. I've been like with Silk for, for a long time now and I just love what they do. And they are doing this for the right reasons. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love what Jacob's doing and the rest of the guys at Silk. Yeah. Um, one thing that amazes me about your music uh, is how melodically and harmonically complex it is. Yeah. This is something a lot of producers struggle with though. Uh, do you have any advice or tips for producers who struggle to write melodies or write interesting chord progressions? I guess you have to be, um, worldly when it comes to music. I, I, I don't, I barely listen to electronic music privately. You know, I listen to everything else. <laughs> So like from John Denver to Enigma, you know, I love, I, I love music. Like you can get a chance to, to study music, at least like the basics. I'm sure it will help a lot because you would know the chords that you actually want to build. You know, before you start building it, you're going to have the chords in your head. That's how, that's how I do it. So it's not just random. So I guess just be creative, be yourself and listen to a lot of other genres. <laughs> I think that's really important. Uh, I mean, I definitely, when I was younger, got stuck in the electronic music bubble and that's all I listened to. And yeah, it just kills your creativity because you can't pull influences from anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. Like, I listen to Coldplay in my car all the time. I love Coldplay. I love John Denver. You know, I have Enigma. I have Deep Forest. And of course, all the hip pop from the 80s and 70s. So it's like a mixed CD plus the electronic music. <laughs> the eighties, eighties music is awesome. It's I best. love it. It's the best. <laughs> it's it's like the last glimpse of hope. <laughs> so yeah, after the eighties, everything. I mean, nineties were cool, but after that, everything not, not as good. Uh, everything just fell apart. When you sit down to start a new song, uh, like how? What does your workflow look like? I'm really curious because when I listen to your music especially songs like Sweet Surrender, Contrasts, I'm like, man, that must have taken so long to produce. There's so much going on. It's so, it's just beautiful. Um, 
what does that look like? What does it look like when you're producing? Where do you start? How do you take an idea through to completion? Well, I, I guess it depends like how, how I feel when I start making the song. It usually starts with a breakdown. But if I build, like sometimes I, I would just like build a really kick-ass, sexy beat, you know, and work on the bass line. But that, that's like if I'm making a deep house track, I'm going to start with the bass line and the, and the beat. But if I want to make it really melodic, like Daydream or like Contrasts, it's, I think it started all with a breakdown and the chords. I remember uh, you, you would know Monoverse, Santos. Yeah, of course, of course. I remember him giving me this advice. Like, I was like, oh man, I just can't write good melodies and stuff. He's like, start with the breakdown because you're starting with the intro and like you get to the breakdown, you don't know what to do. Start with the breakdown instead. Now, well, well, when you build the breakdown, you have the, the basic of your song, right? The main melody thing. It's super easy to make an intro for it. And you already know how the drop is going to sound, you know? So I guess like, yeah, so I start from the breakdown. That's how I usually start. Chord progression, pianos, pads, all the other elements, a lot of textures and a lot of layering. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about that because uh, one thing that stands out in your music is the atmosphere, especially your pads, your pianos, they sound really clean and lush. How do you go about processing them in particular, like your pads and pianos? It's all about layering. I have two, three pianos that I combine you know, it depends on how, how I want my piano to sound. And the pads, it's, it's layers. It's layers and layers of synths. So what would that what would that actually look like, though? In terms of, like, let, let's say you're making a pad, um, how many layers would you use? What would those different layers do? In the sense that do you have, like, two high layers, a low layer, mid layer? Because um, everybody does it differently. Well, I would have a main layer with the main chord progression, and uh, the bass layer, of course. And I would have a high layer and then a layer with noise, with a different, like the flowing, moving, kind of loopy noise, you know what I mean? To yeah, keep it, yeah. To keep it spacey. So maybe, uh, yeah, I guess. So that, that would be like four layers. And then with the, like with the textures and atmosphere, how do you create that kind of, uh, I don't know how to explain it, like dreamy sound. I guess you can use the LFO or um, I'm just thinking because in every song I do stuff differently. It's never the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what's funny. I know how to do all this stuff, but when it gets to me explaining how I did it, <laughs> you know, it's like um, I would have to think about it. No, I, I understand. I understand. I know I'm pretty good. I know I'm pretty good like how I do it, but when I have to explain, it's like, yeah, oh. Yeah. Well, one one question I just want an answer to myself because when I first heard it, I was like, how the hell did he do that? Uh, the baseline in Sweet Surrender is, is something like I've never heard. How did you create that? The baseline? Yeah, in Sweet Surrender. Oh, Sweet Surrender. Yeah. It's like the baseline, it's like this, Maybe you'd, maybe you'd call it like the groove. I don't know. It just sounded so unique and yeah. groovy. That's also layered. I layer so much on that. Um, I used Zeta. I don't know if you know okay. the plugin. 
and it has all these weird sounding um it's like a loop like a sequence thing so what i would do i would create a sequence and then i would export it as a wav file and then i would chop it and reverse it you know and just play around with the with like a layout of it until i get like to where i'm happy and then i would add like layers of bass like actual baseline to fill the gaps you know and to make it like groovy because in since surrender it's the bass actually that does all the work so yeah i mean it's all about the layering it's just be, be, being creative you know there there are no rules when it comes to art you know there are no rules you just like some people do it this way some people do it the other way you just have to be creative and like if you have an idea of the sound just chop it chop it reverse it pitch it down up you know play around like i guess that's how i did it yeah i i think more people need to do that uh like the most exciting and enjoyable times when i'm producing is when i've done something that shouldn't be done you know like yeah like rules. yeah I like i remember layering like a, a tom sound with a pluck yeah and it just oh, it was it sounded amazing and i was like why don't i do this kind of stuff more often I know because you can't think we're, we're human, you know, you can't think of everything at a given moment. So I have so many things like in contrast, I, I remember that it's like a, it's a weird scent that goes from the beginning to the end when like flowing scent. I did that by accident. I was like, Oh, this fits. I'm going to send it to my tuna beats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 How did contrast come about? It's one of my favorite songs. Like, okay, I love it. Man. But um, of course, man. Yeah. How, how, tell me about the production process behind that. The production process was me sitting down and as I said, because Anjuna, they're, they're really picky when it comes to music, right? And I sent them like countless demos, you know, and <laughs> everything was rejected, of course. And I sat down and I told myself, I'm going to make a, a song for Anjuna Beats right now. I'm going to make a song for Anjuna Beats. If they reject this, I'm going to stop sending it, you know? So, yeah, I, I just, I guess I just sat down. I wanted to make, because I love to experiment, right? And I, I love, I love melodies. I love beats. I love, I love deep house and I love progressive and I love trance and I want to combine everything together, you know? So that's how contrast came to be. I guess it's a mix of a little bit of everything. Did you not feel under pressure though? Because whenever I've done that, whenever whenever I'm like, I'm going to make a song for this label or this label, I just get like, I get creative block. I'm like, I can't be creative um, because there's too much pressure because I need to make a song in this style. No, or does I, that not happen to you? Well, yeah, but I didn't have a specific style that I want to make. Like contrast is not something Arjuna released before, like similar sounding, you know what I mean? So I guess like you have, like, I just, I just let it go. You know, I just let myself go. I just work on music. I don't think about like the consequences, you know what I mean? I don't think about where it's going to end up or I just like, I, I love making music. You know, I make music for myself and 
people who love my music, I appreciate that because that's also like, it, it's nice to be recognized, you know? For sure. For sure. So yeah, just, just be yourself, be creative, make, make it, make music for yourself. And I don't, I don't really care like where it end up, ends up, you know? So I, I wasn't feeling pressured. I wasn't feeling very pressured. I just said, I'm going to make it for Anjuna Beats. I'm going to send it to Anjuna Beats. And they actually signed it. <laughs> so cool. What, what did it feel like when they like oh, when they accepted it? That, that was, I think that was my breakthrough, you know, my career breakthrough. I know my Facebook exploded. I mean, that's how I came across you for sure. Well, yeah, not, you're not alone. Many people, but I know my, my, my social media exploded and I just felt awesome. It's like a big accomplishment for me. Like that, that was my, one of my dreams to sign for Anjuna Beats, you know, I felt, felt, I felt proud. I'm still, I still, I'm still proud of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm really yeah. hard on myself, you know, I'm really hard on myself. So what, yeah. What do you mean? Like, I, I know a lot of artists are, so am I. But what is like, how do you deal with that? Or do you think it helps? Because um, I think it does. I think being hard on yourself, there are like downsides to it, but it helps you improve a lot. Well, yes and no. I mean, I'm being really hard on myself up to the point where I get like depressed and like, I don't want to work on music anymore. You know, it's going anywhere. You just have to, you have to believe in yourself and if you have goals and you have idea, you can achieve those goals. You really have, you just have to believe in yourself and you have to focus. We have to give a hundred percent of your, devote your energy hundred percent to your goal. So what is your goal? To be recognized, to be recognized, to, to be able to live from music. Because I don't see music as work. I see it as, because I love making music and being able to live a comfortable life from music, I think that would be my biggest uh, achievement. Right, for sure. Do you get creative block, full stop or writer's block? Oh yeah, man, yeah. I mean, I'm working on my second album right now. It's taking forever because I have, five versions of this one song. It's a beautiful song. It's with Ariel Moran. It's a beautiful song, but I'm, I'm stuck with it, you know, cause I don't know, I have five versions of one song and I have, I, I'm not happy with any of it. <laughs> you know, the, the vocals are beautiful. Ariel is amazing, but like, the music doesn't really do the trick, you know? So I'm just stuck. I, I just try to go from one project to another and end up not actually doing anything. <laughs> how do you, how do you overcome that? Like, how do you, how do you say you sit down and you're trying to work on something? You're like, Oh, I don't feel like it. Oh, this isn't working. How do you break through that? <laughs> I play video games. Nice. Uh, what do you play? Oh, right now, Battlefield 1, Battlefield 4. Well, that's pretty much it. I mean, I have tons of games, but this is what I play daily. So, I mean, I, I either play video games or I try to focus on myself and maybe being outside more, being social, just, you know, or walking the dogs, being in nature, because you can find inspiration anywhere. Uh, so I guess I just try to keep myself away from music a little bit. And then when I come back, you know, I, I can continue working on it. I feel refreshed, like recharged. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. Like if I'm if I'm working on music or just anything, and I, you know, you hit that wall and you're like, oh, so tired or whatever. Just walk around the block, thirty minutes, come back. It's like I'm a new person. Yeah, man. I mean, like exactly that that that's that works. I just love to to go outside, and I love to to think about my future. You know. I like to, to visualize my future and my goals and it, it makes me happy. You know what I mean? I can come back and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. You know? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. do this. I can do this. So do you make, do you make that a practice, that visualization? Yes. I, I try to, I try to, I try to, it's not, it's not easy, but you have to train your brain to, to think positive. How do you do that without, like deluding yourself, you know, because I think there's some people out there who do that visualization, but they do it to the point where it's like, oh, I'm going to be the next Hardwell or Martin Garrix or Beyonce or whatever, which is probably dangerous because like you needed a lot of luck to get to that level. Yeah. For you, what does that look like? It's very realistic, very realistic. It's, I don't like when I was younger, I always wanted to be number one. You know how it goes. Now I just, I want to like, I want to be able to live from music, to have a comfortable life, to be, to be able to travel, to have gigs, to have tours, to meet people, to have fun. I'm being realistic in a sense, even if I don't make it to the top, I'm not going to be disappointed because the point is to enjoy the journey, not your destination. I just like hit myself on the head and said like, be realistic and try to enjoy the journey. That's the thing. I like that. Because I like that. Most of the people are too busy, like rushing to the destination. And when they get there, if they get there, it's going to be like, okay, now what? I'm famous. I'm, I'm rich. And now what? I'm going to be miserable. You know? There are a lot of people at the top, so to speak, that don't enjoy being there. Yeah, man. I mean, they, they have everything, you know, but they're still not happy. You know, I, I wouldn't like to be at a level where I'm going to walk on the street and people come to me and like, oh my God, it's vintage royalty, you know? I would love to, to keep it like private, you know what I mean? But still be yeah. at a certain level where I can just go and make people happy, create that beautiful energy on, on the stage, you know, I just mm. release beautiful music. That's, that's the thing. Um, my, one of my lesser goals is to do music for film and, uh, like television, mm-hmm. maybe even video games. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. For sure, man. What What are some things that frustrate you about the electronic music production community at the moment? Fakeness. <laughs> I mean, many people, it's about what you can do for them, not what they can do for you. You know what I mean? I mean, when you, I, it's not just me, but like I know many people who, who went to a higher level, all the people just came back. How do, how do you say that? You know what I mean? Like came back talking to them. You know? um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of, I guess it's a fake industry. You know, there's a lot of mm. fake stuff going on. I mean, I don't want to talk about it like in detail, but there are still very good, like decent people in the industry that I'm also friends with. And and also the EDM, like the new, this wave thing, it's, 
that's what's bothering me. It's the, it's really bad music. It's really bad music. So you mean like just that, that kind of bass the popular kick, stuff? Bass kick drum <laughs> thing, you know, like big room stuff. I mean, it all sounds the same and I guess it's not really bothering me. It's just, I'm, I'm sad, you know, because that's not what I signed up for. You know what I mean? Like that's not the music I grew up to and I, everything is changing, you know, like, but I always see it as a wave, you know, it's just a phase, like it's gonna slowly like vanish, like it became, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you see it on the decrease now, like in 2013, it was huge. That kind of bigger music. I don't, I don't hear much of it nowadays, but maybe I'm just trying not to listen to it. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't hear any of that, to be honest, but you can't really miss it. Like on my newsfeed, <laughs> Facebook, there's always somebody who posts something, you know, yeah, I guess you yeah. can't really avoid it, but I, yeah, I think it's, it's a little less now. What do you think is going to be the next, next trend? Talent. <laughs> I think that I hope the next talent. music is going to be the talent. Yeah. <laughs> I do hope that like, like part of me thinks that people are looking for more you know, um, but I just don't know. Like, I don't know. Some some of the stuff I've heard that's coming out and is popular, that some of it's impressive from a production standpoint. Yeah. And I'm like, this is good. Like uh, like Flume, for instance. Yeah. He's a good producer, you know. So I do hope that, like you said, talent is the next big trend. But it's all about, you know, it's all about marketing. It's all about branding. Uh, music industry is pretty big, but it's only the mainstream that gets heard. You know what I mean? Because what you present to people, they're going to feel like they don't have any choice because this is what's mm. popular. This is what they feel obligated to listen to. You know what I mean? And, and if they don't listen to it, they'll be, they won't be in the same, like, it's because their friends listen to it. They should listen to it too. Exactly. There's a huge amount of that, you know? Well, it's, it's a cultural thing, I think. As like EDM is slowly degrading and like, hopefully disappearing that EDM kind of trashy way. I hope the good music is going to get on the rise and get heard. I mean, above and beyond, they're doing pretty amazing job. It's still quality, very quality music, what they do. And um, I hope the underground scene will get to where it's supposed to be. And by underground, I mean melodic progressive house and real progressive house not what they call progressive house like steve Ock, stuff like that yeah, <laughs> that's not progressive yeah. house that's <laughs> oh man yeah. i'm trying to be trying to stay polite <laughs> but, um, no, no i'm with you man <laughs> so there yeah, hopefully like the good I, I always say the good music always gets heard but i guess it's not that time yet you know mm. yeah if you had to give one piece of advice to someone just getting into electronic music production, like they've been at it for a few weeks, what would that be? Talent is 5%. Hard work is 95%. You have to believe in yourself. You have to work hard and you'll get to where you want to be because it's very hard. It's very hard to make it. And I'm, I'm speaking from my personal uh, viewpoint, you know, it's very hard, but I, I, I'm going to keep doing it because I don't know anything else what I would do. <laughs> I love that. 
Hey man, thanks heaps for coming on the show, uh, for sharing your insight, for sharing your advice. If people want to find out more about you and, and check out your music, where can they do that? Um, I guess Facebook and SoundCloud. It'll be um, facebook.com forward slash Vintage Morelli and soundcloud.com forward slash Vintage Morelli and Twitter Vintage Morelli because the Vintage Morelli is too long. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and I'm, I'll be building my website soon, which is going to be vintagemorelli.com. 